2: It is The Big Show. I'm Gordon Monson. He's Patrick Kinahan sitting in for Jake Scott. We're about to be joined by quarterback uh, coach extraordinaire, John Beck. Uh, PK, tell me everything you know about quarterback play inside of 22nd.
0: Get the ball in the end zone, man. That's all it takes. Doesn't matter how you do it. Uh, You've got to have great skill. You've got to have great intellect. Uh, Athleticism, I think particularly at the pro level is a little overrated. So what do you think is most important? Uh, probably in, in, intellect, but let's ask somebody who knows about it way more than I do. <laughs> and that would be?
2: That would be John Beck. John, welcome to the big show. Appreciate you joining us. Yeah, no problem, guys. So, John, tell us a little bit. Tell us everything you know about Jaron Hall. I mean, you've been working with him. You've worked with uh a fellow named Zach uh, before that seemed to have some pretty good success. What do you see in with Jaron, uh, who's
1: freshly named BYU starter? Well, I'm excited with the skill set that he brings to the position. I think uh, it's somebody two years ago was in a starting role for BYU um, after Zach got injured and came out in that Utah State game and was playing really, really well before he suffered an injury. So, you know, last year's interesting because Jaron basically couldn't go. So it's a guy that's been around football Um, for years but in terms of how much football he's done over the past few years it's been limited because injuries so I see the skill set he worked really hard this offseason I've heard that things are going really well for him this camp so for me it's just you know it's going to be let's see what the offense looks like with him at the helm it's not going to look exactly like Zach but Jaron brings an athleticism that is somewhat close to some of the things that Zach did
0: so what I think is really beneficial for BYU, unlike yourself, you were forced to play as a freshman uh, and play big-time big, big time minutes and games or plays, I guess you would call it, in football. Jaron has been in the program for four years. It's hard to imagine that he's already been in the program for four years. Three of those years, he has had Aaron Roderick, who obviously is going to be the play caller there. Back in the old days, and you... I remember talking to you many, many times You know, with you pointing the antenna on the roof to get BYU games back in the day. Sounds so uh, ancient now, but you would talk about how you were a BYU fan, and you knew the history of BYU, and so you know that quarterbacks came into the program probably red-shirted, sat out a couple of years, or played minimally. I mean, there were backups, and then by the time they were juniors, they were ready to take over. That's essentially, and, the, and the coaches with Chow and everybody stayed the same. That's essentially what we have here, a little bit of experience a long time in the program a long time in the connection with the offensive coordinator and now is your time with that in mind what do you think if any would be a learning curve for jaron
1: well it's going to be being in the starting role um he's going to learn you know a little bit more what it's like being the guy week in and week out when he got the starting nod two years ago his opponents didn't know what to expect there wasn't game tape of him out there of how he ran within the offense maybe tendencies or his style of play. So Utah State, and I believe he played also against South Florida, Yeah, you know they just kind of had to go off, all right, well, maybe he'll play like this. What's going to change is when you become a starting quarterback and you start putting things out on tape throughout the course of a season and then into a second season, those defensive coordinators, they get to watch how you work within that offense. They get to start to put together game plans based on stopping you and the way you play the game. So for Jaron, it's going to be different in two aspects, one within his own team. Being the guy that gets the reps every single day of the week leading up to the game, that he's not used to, and that'll help him progress as a quarterback and be better prepared for the games he plays in. But there's also this thing now where coaches gain more experience about the way that he plays, and he's not going to be the new guy that goes out there and you know, they're just trying to play some of their base stuff, and they're going to actually now game plan for some of the things that he does. And when they do that, now you have to raise your level of play. You can't be the same guy each and every week you have to start to recognize your own tendencies within your own team and yourself and then play off of those. And that's where the real chess match, which is a lot of fun at quarterback, where you feel like you're playing against their defensive coordinator. And the more games that he plays in, the more it's going to start to feel like that for him. So that's John
2: Beck, former BYU quarterback and kingpin at 3DQB. John, when you have a mobile athletic quarterback, do you have to instruct him not to follow the instinct to take off running when he feels pressure or when his first progression isn't what it what he wants it to look like
1: how does that process work sometimes it's the best thing that can happen those quarterbacks that have the ability to make plays with their feet add an extra element that at times can just really give defenses headaches the tough part is it can also give an offensive coordinator a headache because he's trying to dial things up and if that quarterback is taken off too soon It's hard to know from a play-calling standpoint what your quarterback is seeing, what made him take off so soon. Is he turning to that too quick, or is there really something that flashes that makes him use his legs? I think uh, the best thing for a quarterback to do is to have that ability, but use it kind of as his last card. He needs to be able to still work through his progressions, run the offense the way it's designed to be run, and then if things do break down, if there's nothing there, then you can take off and make a play. There are going to be times, and it's going to show up in the season, where somebody's going to make mistakes. Somebody's going to you know mess up in pass protection. Somebody's going to miss a block. Somebody's going to do something wrong, and then Jaron's immediate reactions of being an athlete are going to take over. He's going to scramble and make some plays, or he may scramble and find somebody open downfield, and those plays are going to help the team. What you want to make sure as a quarterback is that you're not, because of a couple good plays like that early in a game, then later in the game, just a simple bit of pressure in your face, and boom, you're out of there. The most dangerous quarterbacks are the ones that they know when to use it, and then they know when just to kind of subtly move and then still strike something downfield. And, that, and that's when you know that the quarterback has really reached an awesome um, point in efficiency is when they can use both to their advantage.
0: So your senior year, John, if I remember, you played on a bum ankle. I think you got injured in, by, against Boston College. And you basically had to play on it the whole season. You missed one game, Utah State, and Jason Beck came in and they won that game. And then you had some time off between the bowl, uh, the end of the season, the bowl game, and you were running around, you were loose at that point. And so my thought for you is Jaron has had these uh, couple of concussions that thwarted him two years ago. Uh, with that in mind, what's it like to play with, Not he's not necessarily playing with an injury now, but playing with the thought that, hey, I got injured and it prevented me from playing and then I had to sit out basically a year and a half as far as what's in his mind when he's out on the field and not being able to have that hinder him and still be free to play.
1: Yeah, playing injured is definitely different from playing at 100% after an injury. Um, You know, you talk about my senior year there. Yeah, the majority of the year, I always felt like I was playing not at 100%, right? An aspect of my game to run around, scramble and make plays was just gone. I couldn't, I couldn't use any of that. So you're playing at, you know, 75, 80%. Jaron coming back from an injury. I think, you know, those type of plays, they help you. I'm, I'm going to go way back to earlier in my career when I ran around a lot and, you know, hadn't, I wasn't really good at playing that game of running around. I took some major shots. When you take major shots and it keeps you out of playing, you learn that lesson really fast of, I can't play like this anymore. It doesn't mean you can't run around and scramble. It just means you got to be smart with the shots that you take. you got to get down. you got to get out of bounds. Those extra few yards, they don't matter as much as you being able to play on that next play. And I think for Jaron, you know, those, those those hits that he took in that Utah State game, those were kind of fluke hits. Like, I, I, I don't see him making a poor decision when he goes barreling into the end zone like that. The guy just happened to catch him uh, in kind of a funky spot, and it just hit him right in the right spot to get a concussion. So I don't see Jaron as necessarily – playing reckless in the way that he plays. I do think that because of his time having gone through that learning experience, you may see him get down a little bit quicker, make sure he gets out of bounds, especially for someone like you said earlier in the show. He's been here at BYU now for four years. Uh, He's paid his dues, and he doesn't want to have an opportunity to be on the field and then have it gone so quickly just because he was trying to get a few extra yards. It's going to be hard because when your emotions are running high, when you're really competitive by nature, which he is, you're going to want to give everything you have, and you're not going to shy away from contact. You're not going to shy away from one of those extra yards. And that's where the experience of I've seen guys play that way, and I know that right now that's not what my team needs. Right now my team needs me to be there to play the next play.
2: John, my memory of you as a quarterback is that early on you could throw the ball through a brick wall, and then you learn more and more touch. How does a quarterback learn that, and does Jaron have that?
1: In my time with Jared, I think he has a really good feel for when to layer balls. Sometimes it's it's, it's play specific, right? You know, if I'm going to get this ball in here, i got to layer it over that underneath coverage. And that's just going to be the typical throw there. Where quarterbacks are really savvy is when they can change arm angles and speed of the ball. And then now they just have this myriad of different throws. And he's working on all those things. All quarterbacks in college are working on it. There's nobody that I've ever met, you know, young in their career at college that, oh, they just, they just got every throw. It's not like that at all. They're all working um, to try to get there. Um, but to me, there is an aspect of quarterbacking where you learn, hey, I can anticipate this throw more because I've seen it so many times and I don't have to throw this ball 90 miles an hour. By anticipating it and putting a ball out there, the, the phrase that I use all the time with guys, 88% right just hey 85 like 85 to 88% that's all this ball needs to be just layered out there and most guys i've found they're far more accurate when they do that and then knowing their personnel a lot of the times when you're a quarterback to play with a group of guys you know your guys so well you know the type of balls that they need some of the best quarterbacks i've been around they're the guys that they can they can make the ball come in easy for the guy that needs it easy and when it's in a tight window and they got a guy that they know can catch it in that tight window they can put all the mustard behind it they need and they throw that ball 100 miles an hour and they know their guys still well
0: how much when you're working with guys whoever it might be do you spend technique versus the mental aspect
1: Oh, when we work, it's, it's so much of all aspects of quarterbacking. Um, you know, I know at times, depending on who the guy is, there may be elements of his game where we spend a lot of time on the mechanics. But throughout the workout, there's a lot of stuff that we talk about in terms of defenses, in terms of offense. You know, a lot of the times during the first hour when we're going through a lot of our warm-up protocols or our patterning protocols, we are talking offensive situations. We're talking situations with coaches, situations within a team there's so much of the science behind the mental side of sport that we talk about with these quarterbacks all the time, because so much of it, especially the higher you go in levels, there's not always as big of a gap in skill and ability uh, and where you can really gain a competitive advantage is on the mental side of things. So throughout our days, and I can tell you so many times a quarterback will just shoot me a text, like you got a minute tonight, you know, this is going on in camp, or you got a minute, this is what I'm facing. Can we talk? And a lot of the times off the field, I'm talking with the very same quarterbacks that I'm helping on the field because it's, it's all-encompassing. The things that a quarterback has to deal with and the journey that he has to go and the ups and downs, it takes more than just mechanical work on the field or understanding defenses. It's this full spectrum, everything that a quarterback has to deal with, we, we, we work on with our guys.
2: When you see a guy, John, can you obviously you can evaluate where he is right now. Do you get a sense in the short term of how good that quarterback can be in the long term,
1: or is that a bit of a mystery, ride? No, you. Uh, there's certain guys you can know, um, and I'll just use this, you know Zach's story. Um, when we first started working with Zach when he was just out of high school, there was this kind of like unique mixture of things that you could see that he brought to the table. And because of our time spent with other guys, and it wasn't just one guy, it would be like, hey, this guy has this and Zach possesses that. And remember this guy, he had that, and Zach possesses that too. And remember this guy, remember that? Yeah, Zach's got that. And if he can get all of those to go together, and then the thing would be as he grows within the offense, and this is where the position coaches, this is where the offensive coordinator, this is where it's out of our hands and it's in their hands. Can they develop him in these areas? And then it's on the quarterback. Does he devote the time necessary to be prepared? Does he understand, you know, mentally and his eyes and can he pick up on all those things? And then you see if all those things can go together with what's in our control, what's out of our control, then really special things can happen. And then now to bump to Jaron, that's why I'm excited for Jaron. Like I see him bring some things to the table that I'm like, for him only to be a sophomore, for him to have kind of some of these things that he brings to the table, it's exciting to know where he can grow to and develop within the offense. And the cool thing for him, like you said earlier in the show, he's been around Rodgers for the last three years. This is not an offense that's new to him. I remember feeling what it felt like when you get an offensive coordinator new in the spring and you're installing your base offense and you ran no plays together with that person and they've never called plays with your offense. And you're stepping into a season and there's really not that much experience between the quarterback and his coaches. Well, that can be a tough situation. This one right here I feel like in some areas is going to be so fluid because those guys have been together. He's been in the meeting room and he watched somebody go out last year and run a super effective offense and they're not changing things because of a new quarterback. They're going to be doing a lot of the same things.
0: So you've been there literally. Zach goes 9 of 11 in the preseason. How big of a deal do we make it?
1: I mean, look, I was super pumped for him. I'm really happy for how good of a preseason he's had up to this point. You know, right now in the NFL, the way that preseason games are going, I see some teams being very basic with their coverages, and that's because they want evaluation. I see other teams resting a lot of their starters and that's because they don't want to lose a guy in the preseason. Everybody's right now playing things a little bit different. Um, sometimes when I get a chance to see some practices, I see some things offensively and defensively that they're doing in practices that they're like not showing in their games and for a reason. So it's great to see him doing well. I see what his team is doing, giving him high-efficiency throws, um, and he's making sure that they're letting him get in a rhythm. I really like that a lot. They're trying to establish some of the things that they know they're going to build off of When the season comes and then I love to see some of his like off scheduled throws because whether it's preseason or a regular game doesn't matter. It was great to see him get those. So to me, I'm super pumped. that game one and two went good for him, but this is a long football season and there's going to be some ups and downs. Um, And he knows that the coaching staff knows that and he's he's preparing for that. But it is awesome to see that these first two games have gone well.
2: John Beck 3D QB joins us. John, an attendant question to what PK just asked you. He Zach Wilson looks so comfortable out there. Is that because of the level of uh, the players that are he's playing against, or is this just a natural thing that he's developed
1: over the years? Well, I think Zach puts in a lot of time and effort. Anytime you prepare the way that Zach does, you're going to have a level of confidence. I feel like by nature, um, because of his competitive spirit, and just who he like the way that he's wired, he comes very uh, confident. So I think those things help. And then what his coaches are doing—the um, things that I'm hearing out of practice—they're giving him every look. They give him tons of reps. They're not holding back anything in practice. They're making—they're making practice hard for him. Like I would say, if you have a chance to talk to Zach, and you say, in what situations have there been times that you have felt uncomfortable? It's going to be at practice. Um, but the cool part is—is. Is He's going back and he's watching tape of it and he's talking with his coaches and he's learning so much from those things. I think that's why you're seeing somebody in the two games that he's played, it looks comfortable because of what they're throwing at him in practice. And also, like I said, to answer the question in the beginning, it's just so much of it's the way that Zach is wired. He's so good at preparing himself and he knows the state of mind that he needs to be in when he walks out on the field. And uh, because of that, I think he's able to play the way that he is.
2: John, when you d- help develop a quarterback like that, that's a win-win, isn't it? Obviously, Zach is benefiting, but I wonder how much your phone rings, people being interested in coming and
1: being tutored by you. How many quarterbacks are you working with these days? I mean, there's a lot. It's my full-time gig, um, you know, and it's, it's been guys for years. Like, we had a lot of guys that were having success in the NFL, and, you know, when they give interviews, there's always kids across the country at all levels, college, high school, who they're paying attention to, the guys that they're trying to emulate in the NFL, right? So when something comes out, whether it's on the NFL network or ESPN or something, we get a lot of phone calls, hey, I followed this quarterback. I heard mention of this. We're interested, right? And then this was with Zach last year, right? There's a lot of people, especially from the state of Utah, that because of Zach's success, they're interested. You know, what is it? And here's what I would say. There are, there are talented guys all over the place, um, and so much of what they achieve is because of who they are. Uh, and sometimes it's even who they are before they get to us there are some guys that i've seen grown a lot while they're with us uh and i'm not necessarily talking in terms of mechanics i just mean quarterback wise right you you see them because of the experience that they're getting at their school whether it's high school or college they grow a lot but so much of the success that guys get it's because of what they earn themselves and what we are is we help them with the information we help them with the training we help them with the patterns we help give them information that professionals are functioning off of and we say let's put this in your hands when you're in high school and college and then it gives them a different platform to function from and we see their growth just climb at a much much faster rate and so for us that's where we feel like this is our slice of the pie where we can help help them out but at the same time they also have loads of time away from us and it really comes down to who are they and what are they doing and what type of behaviors are they having while they're away from us because we can give them drills. We can give them thought processes. We can give them all types of things. But if they're not taking that on their own and using it to get better each and every day, then they're going to fall short of who they can become. And that's why it's awesome to work with the guys that we've talked about, with Zach, with Jaron, because they've taken that information and they've just worked their butts off to get as good as they can be. And I enjoy working with those guys because of that.
2: Well, John Beck, uh, I don't know if 25 years ago you aspired to be a quarterback whisperer, but that's what you've become,
1: <laughs> uh, That must feel kind of cool. Yeah, it's a fun job. You know what? I, uh, I thought I was going to be one of those guys that was going to get to play, you know, till he was 40, that was my goal. And I tried to do everything right along the way in terms of work ethic, in terms of who I surrounded myself with. I tried to put myself around the guys that were succeeding in the NFL. And I would have never known that because of those connections, uh, because of the guys I trained with, it would connect me with people that then would land me here. But I do really enjoy my job. I do really enjoy getting to focus so much on quarterbacks and that I get to have that be my, you know, when I wake up in the morning, uh, I'm working on quarterbacks and I'm watching tape and I'm watching the NFL games. I'm talking to my guys in college. I'm helping out the high school guys. And, you know, sometimes my most favorite thing in my job is when guys have struggles and then they reach out and say, hey, man, these last couple of days have not been what I hoped. What can I do? And uh, I loved that part about my time when I was a player. I loved trying to get better at my craft. And uh, even though it's no longer for me, I still love helping others the same way I loved working myself. So it's a good job.
2: (laughs) Well, thanks a lot for joining us, John. We appreciate it. And good luck in future endeavors. Thanks, guys. We'll see you. Have a good one. John Beck, 3DQB. PKU covered him back in the day. I mean, uh, it's been pretty interesting to watch his career unfold.
0: Uh, yeah he was always a cerebral uh, yeah that's mm-hmm. a good word thanks as far as understanding the position and understanding the role of offense so he doesn't want to get into coaching at the college level because he's got young boys and it's just incompatible so he's this is how he's getting his fix and it's a, just an absolute natural at it must be lucrative for him too I mean he's working with some pretty nice players Yeah, and he's doing it down there in the Orange County area uh, close to the water. So uh, (laughs) that's a nice place to to live, especially when you don't have to commute long and you just go to the local field. Yeah, he's built himself up. Uh, It's awesome. I always enjoyed him. I always thought he was a good dude. We'll be right back.